Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and this is The Great America Show. Delighted to have you with us, and I'd like to begin today with a few thoughts on Joe Biden and the bizarre circumstances of his highly questionable and outright illegitimate presidency. And please note, I'm calling for his removal from office because he's too far gone for even the left to pretend he is in any way fit for the presidency. Some will say, to what end? Kamala Harris is nothing more than a dangerous, giggling, vacuous English language assassin. And that's true, sadly. But but let's begin the job of cleaning up this Marxist Dems mess, and at least we could begin to contain the Marxist Dem puppet master's plans for further damage to the Republic. And in just over a year and a half in office, we've all witnessed just how destructive they can be. And we must now act to take control of our wide open borders. Thank you, Joe Biden. In the Biden-sponsored free flow of fentanyl into the United States from China, to the Mexican drug cartels, stop the unlimited illegal immigration and roll back the millions pouring into this country. Fight against the cartel's sex trafficking and human smuggling of all kinds. That's just the beginning. The Biden White House is so deeply aligned with the drug cartels that most in the corporatist media act as though we have no right to control our border. We've gone from President Trump who warred on the Mexican drug cartels, to Biden, who throws roses at their feet and turns over our entire southern border to the cartels. We have one chance to reclaim America, the America that Biden and his Marxist dim masters have taken from us, and that is to win on November 8 and win big. That means shutting down the Marxist dim's political persecutions, their corrupt ownership of the DOJ and the FBI, and their corrupt partnership with a deep state. The Biden regime is more totalitarian by the day. The raid on Mar-a-Lago, the January 6th committee outrages. And an important note, if I may, there are January 6th defendants who've been incarcerated for as long as Biden has been president. Julie Kelly has throughout been covering the Biden White House abuse of power and whether it's the FBI's phony kidnapping charges in the Michigan Governor Whitmer case or the political January 6th victims of this corrupt DOJ and FBI, we're delighted to have Julie Kelly as our guest here today. Author of the bestseller, January 6th, How Democrats Use the Capitol Protest to Launch a War on Terror Against the Political Right. You'll find her excellent reporting on AmericanGreatness.com. Julie, great to have you with us here. Let's start with the Governor Whitmer trial, a huge embarrassment to the FBI and the Justice Department so far, and I know you have a late development to share with us. 
Uh, yes, I have, Lou. Thank you so much for having me on. So this is the retrial of two defendants uh, charged with conspiring to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer. There was a trial in April. Two men were acquitted. These two men had a hung jury. The government's retrying them. That trial started, this trial started last week. The judge today stunningly put a 25-minute time limit on each defense attorney, but no limit on the government. Um, again, this judge putting his thumb on the scale on behalf of the government because the trial is going so poorly for this Justice Department. Well, I would think that the trial just went even uh, into the dumpster with uh, making a, 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 an unfair, uh, unbalanced uh, order like that, instructions. Uh, it, I'm, as you said, I'm not a, a lawyer either, but I mean, fair is fair, and that isn't. It's not fair. The defense attorneys, the judge excused the jury, dismissed them for the day, then the defense attorneys made their case in front of the judge saying exactly that. It's unfair, it's unconstitutional, it violates their client's 6A rights. Um, they noted you know, how complicated these government witnesses were. One of them has a criminal history, um, You know, talk, talking about them changing their testimony, their uh, testimony to FBI agents in the fall of 2020 versus what they're saying now, completely contradicting their initial uh, testimony so they can cooperate with the government. Um, so apparently it's under something called a Reeves, uh, Reeves is the case law, but one of the defense attorneys says this only applies in civil cases, noting this is a criminal case where these clients could go to jail for the rest of their lives if they are convicted. Furthermore, it's a case that the government says is its biggest domestic terror investigation in 20 years. So what is the rush? Um, they made their case. And nonetheless, the judge stuck to his order. Pretty stunning stuff. But it, it really is. So, um, you know, I'm sure your lawyers who are listening would have some thoughts on this. I don't know how this will play to the jury, though, Lou. Um, the judge is very partial in this trial. He continues to interrupt the government. Last week, he upbraided both defense attorneys, said that they were wasting the jury's time with a bunch of crap questions. Whoa. Um, and yeah, so um, it, yeah, so I think if these men are convicted, which I highly doubt they will be, this sets up a perfect appeal uh, for a defense counsel. And uh, the issue really is whether or not they were entrapped by government. Uh, informants and, uh, well, I guess you would call them uh, uh, agents uh, with, uh, with, the, with the, the direction, at the direction uh, of the FBI. The plot, the execution of it, uh, the organization, all sounds on its face to be entrapment. But again, I'm not a lawyer. Your thoughts? Well, the two men who were acquitted in April, the jury certainly thought they were entrapped by the FBI because that was their defense. Um, and they, again, had a hung jury on these two men. The government's case is actually going worse in the retrial than it did in the April trial. What happened uh, Monday and Tuesday of this week is their main uh, government witness, the lead informant, a man named Dan Chappell, who was paid $60,000 in cash and prizes by the FBI to put stitch this group together and try to induce them into this crime. Um, 
his testimony completely blew up over the past two days. Um, and so is this the judge's way of helping the government out? He certainly recognizes how important it is for DOJ to get at least one conviction. So pretty alarming stuff, but this is a clear cut. It has to be one of the most dramatic, egregious examples of FBI entrapment in the Bureau's history. You had at least a dozen undercover agents and informants um, orchestrating this caper from the very beginning. Uh, really bad behavior by these FBI assets, getting their targets stoned and then recording the conversations to use as evidence. You had one female informant sleep in the same hotel room as her male target, violating FBI protocol. The FBI made up a fake militia. They made up a fake militia Facebook page. Um, they had another FBI undercover agent pretend to be an explosives expert to show the guys how to put a bomb together. He showed a video of a bomb blowing up a vehicle. The video was made by the FBI. I mean, I could, we could talk for five hours. I still wouldn't be able to tell you all the gory details of this case. But the purpose of this fednapping uh, hoax, what I call it, was two, uh, two goals, Lou. Number one, another example of the FBI interfering in the presidential election, the arrests were made in October of 2020. Okay. It resulted in wall-to-wall -wall negative headlines for Donald Trump. Gretchen Whitmer and Joe Biden blamed Donald Trump for inciting militias to try to take out one of his political opponents. Also to support FBI Director Chris Ray's phony narrative that white supremacist domestic violent extremists pose a lethal threat to the country. Uh, that was the point of this hoax, and it's all falling apart. And fall apart, it sounds like it absolutely should. Uh, but the, the, the judge in the case appears to be trying to hold a, a, a Rube Goldberg contraption uh, intact uh, with his, you know, throwing his arm around the prosecutor's case. It's, it, it's, it's stunning to think that this is happening in a federal district court. But at the same time, uh, we know that the FBI, uh, this is not their first uh, <laughs> uh, adventure uh, in entrapment uh, and in incitement, uh, a popular word with the Justice Department, but it seems it applies more to the prosecutors and investigators of the FBI and the Justice Department than, than to any of the uh, January 6th uh, demonstrators and and some of the rioters. I mean, it's this is just an FBI that is out of control, isn't it? It really is. And Lou, let's talk a little bit about this case's tie-ins to January 6th. There was a rally at the Lansing Capitol on, in April 2020, um, accusations of militiamen storming the Capitol. The, the uh, main informant this week testified that the FBI told the Michigan State Police that day to stand down and let protesters into the building oh where photographers were there to take photos of these alleged militiamen, confrontations with police that were photographed, people calling for Gretchen Whitmer, trying to bang on her office door, roaming through the halls, calling for her. Does any of that sound familiar to you, Lou? It does indeed. It does indeed. And, and how about this? How about this? The man in charge of the Michigan FBI field office managing this hoax in 2020 was promoted by Christopher Ray 
to take over the DC FBI field office in October 2020, a few months before the Capitol protests and the alleged storming of the Capitol. No such thing as coincidences, especially when it comes to this FBI. Yes, and that same uh, head of the Detroit uh, field office now running the Washington, D.C. field office, which, by the way, provided very nicely uh, the agents that uh, that raided Mar-a-Lago. Uh, again, there are no coincidences, are there? There's not. And it's also the FBI who um, arrested Peter Navarro at Reagan National and put him in leg chains and treated him like a domestic terrorist. So this is what this DC FBI field office is all about. Stephen D'Antuano, whose agents primarily ran the FedNapping hoax, promoted, now running the DC FBI field office, not only going after Trump supporters, but of course, um, leading the criminal investigation into January 6th, which has resulted in the arrest and charge of 850 plus Americans so far. So when do you expect, I want to take some of these things in order just to, because this is a difficult uh, series of events uh, and and decisions on the part of the Justice Department and FBI to, to sort through, but when do you expect this trial to conclude? It looks, Looks like it might wrap up early next week, which was sort of what the defense attorneys were arguing today. The first trial went, I think, three weeks. The jury deliberated for four days. This trial has two fewer, two fewer defendants, of course, because they were found not guilty. The government has about half of the exhibits that it used in the first trial. Um, and the cases, the trials, in my opinion, going very quickly. So I have no idea. There's no reason for the judge to curtail the defense attorney's timer try to cut short this trial at all because if they wrap up on monday or tuesday that's a two-week trial for the biggest domestic terror investigation in the fbi's recent history that doesn't sound like it's uh you know too over overly long Um, it also so, sounds, which really makes you question the judge's decision today. It, it also sounds like someone is trying to give somebody the bum rush, uh, also trying to railroad uh, these these defendants. Not for the first time would this be the case with the federal uh, the federal prosecutors uh, and uh, a federal district court judge. But this has been such a high profile case that's already been an immense embarrassment to justice. Uh, to the FBI, uh, to the administration. And and what we're learning day after day is that this is our FBI at work. uh, And it is not a pretty thing to see. It absolutely isn't. Which, Lou, makes me think that DOJ really regrets the decision to retry these two men. The timing could not be worse for them or for the FBI But frankly, it couldn't be better for the American people because this Whitmer trial really exposes the deep rot of this agency. This is not just a Chris Ray problem. This is infecting field offices across the country. I mean, these degenerates they hire as informants and pay them cash as they're taking instruction from their FBI handlers. Um, You know, you've got one of the informants is a convicted felon a few times over, including convictions for sex with a minor. And this is the sort of low life our FBI hires to entrap innocent people. 
Um, Dan Chapel, as I said, was paid $68,000 in cash. Get this, Lou. In December of 2020, after the caper's over, the arrests are announced in October, the FBI gets its election interference, all the bad headlines. Donald Trump allegedly loses the presidential election. The FBI gives Dan Chappell, the main informant, an envelope with $23,540 in cash. Now, why they give him cash? And why did they pay him after basically his services were over? It was a reward for doing what the FBI told him to do. Put this group together, make it look like a kidnapping plot, make it look like we thwarted a kidnapping plot, and here's your reward. Well, they're, they're bribing uh, and, and rewarding, as you say, their witnesses uh, who, again, uh, it looks like the FBI and DOJ are getting together, manufacturing storylines, manufacturing plots, uh, and putting everyone in position, then writing their lines and roll tape. Uh, it's just, uh, this is just obscene what we're, what we're learning here. Uh, and, and the dual purpose, I would guess it would be, of, uh, of not only uh, embarrassing the, uh, the president, but in point of fact, influencing the outcome of the 2020 election. That's exactly what it was for, Lou. So if you think back to October, the arrests were made October 7th. Gretchen Whitmer, who knew about the plot, by the way, she needs to be really closely questioned about what she knew. Her general counsel, when since the time she was govern, governor, was just promoted to, the US, to be the U.S. attorney in the Western District of Michigan. Same office prosecuting this case. He had to recuse himself, Lou, from handling this new trial because of some sort of conflict that we don't know about. The question is, what did he know? What did Gretchen Whitmer know? Who was she communicating with at the FBI or DOJ because she knew about the plot weeks, if not months before the arrests were made? Arrests are made October 7th, 2020. The very next day, she gives this emotional distraught video message how Donald Trump tried to sick these domestic terrorists on her to kidnap and possibly kill her. These are her words. Joe Biden is ranting on the campaign trail about this plot, uh, accusing Donald Trump of uh, inciting violence against his political foes, using dog whistles to send orders to these white supremacists. I mean, this was a lot of news coverage right. I recall in it well. October 20. Right. Well, you noticed it's disappeared, though, right, Lou? You noticed the same outlets, the same reporters and journalists and cable news uh, channels who gave this thing wall-to-wall -wall headlines and coverage in October, you couldn't find this on one page of the New York Times. You couldn't find a second of this on CNN or MSNBC. As soon as they realized it was an FBI operation from start to finish, the media completely dropped it. And October was a busy month for the FBI, uh, not only <laughs> right. with the Whitmer trial, but also as you have written about uh, the, uh, the effort to render Hunter Biden's laptop, mm -hmm. his laptop from hell, as President Trump himself styled it, uh, that was Russian disinformation in the judgment of 51 former intelligence officials and five former CIA agents. And within the, uh, as you write, within the FBI itself, uh, an intelligence agent uh, analyst, uh, Brian Austin, 
playing a significant role as a tool for the Marxist Dems and Joe Biden. Imagine the gall of an FBI analyst going to two top Republican senators who are conducting a congressional investigation into Hunter Biden's overseas business dealings. And he, this Brian Otten, went to these senators in August of 2020, warning them that their own investigation was a product of foreign disinformation, foreign interference. Um, then, of course, that was leaked to the Washington Post, which reported it as these senators had been warned by law enforcement officials that any uh, coverage, any reporting, any anything coming out of Hunter Biden's laptop is Russian disinformation. Um, so, yes, to your point, that was the other way that the FBI interfered in the 2020 election, covering up for the Hunter Biden, the Biden family, actually his brother, too, and of course, Joe, covering up the Biden crime family while making up a crime and blaming it on Donald Trump. Meanwhile, the FBI, part of the uh, coordinated effort on the part of the intelligence community through the National Security Division of the FBI and Justice Department uh, to give Joe Biden a shield. There were no accidents here. This was entirely purposeful to give him a shield for the second debate when Donald Trump would try to bring the nation's focus on what was contained in that laptop and the fact that the Biden family is exactly what we now know it was and is a crime family. Uh, that was an extraordinary moment for further uh, intervention in the election by the FBI and indeed the other intelligence uh, agencies as well. Well, that's why the credibility of all of these institutions is just rapidly declining. I mean, I think that there is a new Gallup poll or Pew poll that shows trust in our major institutions is at the lowest level ever. This includes for law enforcement. This includes really every federal agency. And so they have done real damage to the country. I mean, look, you know, if we can't trust the most powerful law enforcement agency in the country, they're supposed to be really protecting us, protecting the country, you know, thwarting crime. Um, when they aren't doing that job, it puts all of us at risk. You know, and we see this playing out in inner cities. Where's the FBI's attention to all the illicit drugs coming in from the southern border? Where are they at the southern border? You know, Chris Ray was asked repeatedly during Senate Judiciary Committee hearing a few weeks ago if he considered the southern border a national security crisis. He would not directly say yes. Right. He wouldn't say it. He doesn't know how many terrorists have come across that border, nor does he care because he's too busy still hunting down grandmas from Indiana who walked into the Capitol 19 months ago and took a few selfies. Yeah. Well, I mean, that this is dangerous territory. Yeah. While Christopher Ray pretends uh, that at least uh, half of him, because of his national security division, at least half of him is a spy master. Uh, he is nothing more than a tool for the Marxist Dems and the Democrat Party, uh, as we have seen time and time again as they politically persecute Donald Trump. Six years of it. And there doesn't seem to be an accumulative uh, knowledge on the part of much of the American public because they still will not recognize what is before their their very eyes. Uh, you mentioned the border. 
uh, it is uh, this this administration has to be pro cartel. They may be aligned with the cartels in more ways than politically uh, and operationally. There must be money flowing here in some fashion because there is no other explanation for the fact that Joe Biden, the Marxist Dems, the FBI, the intelligence agencies are watching as the cartels, the, the Mexican drug cartels, are pushing illegal immigrants, fentanyl that they bring in from China and then uh, produce uh, a, a finished product uh, and ship across that border. Sex trafficking, human smuggling, it's all there. And we're losing at least 100,000 lives a year to the fentanyl poisoning. That is not an accident. It isn't a byproduct of their drug trade. It is the purpose of fentanyl to kill young Americans. The number one cause of death for 18 to 45-year-old Americans is fentanyl. Imagine that. And this president will not address it. Neither will his FBI director or any of the intelligence chiefs. That's right. And Lou, I do think that a lot of Americans recognize this hypocrisy and really recognize the danger of the FBI and DOJ being so weaponized uh, on behalf of the Democratic Party that they are intentionally overlooking serious, legitimate, deadly threats to our citizens. And I think that the raid on Mar-a-Lago really cemented in a lot of people's minds finally that no, this is not just about you know Donald Trump. It's not about Carter Page, right? It's not about Mike Flynn. It's not about uh, you know the the QAnon shaman. This is about doing the dirty work of the Democratic Party at any expense. And look, Republicans, you and I have talked about this. If Republicans take the House, they are going to be forced to confront this head on. What will they do? We don't need more harshly toned what you know letters. We don't need tweets with empty threats. We need an action plan of what they're going to do because if they are not stopped, it's only going to get worse. And it's going to get worse quickly. I believe. I agree with mm-hmm. you 100. Uh, percent And I believe that if the if the Republicans fail to win this election, if they permit once again, and we have every reason to believe that the the radical Dems are going to do exactly what they got away with in 2020. Why should they change? Uh, they are lying to our faces. They are carrying out corrupt corrupt acts at, in our faces. Why would they not try to steal another election? Uh, and I truly believe that we're going to find out exactly what they've been planning for some time because this White House is far too confident, far too confident, to uh, in any way be concerned about the outcome of the election when they are behind in the polls uh, across the board. We know the American people are furious with this uh, this impaired puppet president uh, and his uh, his his administration of uh, absolute idiots. Uh, the national security team for the Biden administration. Where are they? What do they do? The secretary of state, the, the national security advisor. Uh, the Defense Department, more worried about uh, tr- uh, trans, uh, you know, protocols and pronouns uh, than they are about winning wars. It's a it's a, a very, very frightening moment in American history. This is declining rapidly right before our eyes. Um, 
And, uh, you know, a lot of Republicans don't want to hear that because it will force them to do something. And that's just not what they want to do. Um, but the consequences are too, are, are too severe. If they and, don't. I, and I truly believe that, that we, all of us, have failed because just of the enormity of the corruption, the enormity uh, of the betrayal by the uh, members of the, the FBI, the Department of Justice, the White House, the Defense Department, the senior leaders of all of these departments are corrupt as they can be, politically corrupt, and others in, in every possible way corrupt. It is, it, it's very difficult. I think for most Americans to understand that their government is now organized around the concept that it is our citizenry who are the enemies of this government. And they prove it day after day in the United States, uh, in, in the U.S. government. Uh, it's, it's impossible to think otherwise. Uh, we're going, you know, there, are, there is a bright spot here that we should note, too. You talked about uh, Senator Chuck Grassley and Senator Ron Johnson. Uh, Senator Grassley sending that letter at the end of last month to Merrick Garland, I believe, is one of the precipitating uh, uh, forces in his ultimate decision to raid Mar-a-Lago and try to change desperately the subject. Because in that letter, uh, we learned that whistleblowers are now uh, making it very clear that the Justice Department is corrupt. They have been particularly corrupt uh, in the, in the uh, uh, view of the whistleblowers in protecting Hunter Biden at the expense of the public's right to know, denying truth uh, in our media. It's just one travesty after another. But at least 14 whistleblowers, Julie, have now stepped forward. And I'm the guy who said, I, I don't know if there is a single honest man or woman left in the FBI in the mm -hmm. rank and file because none of them have stepped forward. Now we can report that some have. And uh, also uh, whistleblowers uh, stepping forward uh, to uh, Jim Jordan in the House Judiciary Committee. So these are at least what I hope will be just merely the beginning of some revelations to come forward from the rank and file of the FBI, the Department of Justice, about the iniquity uh, of the place, their places of employment. Well, yes, uh, and I'm sure you'll agree with me when I say we need a lot more than 14. Yeah. I mean, you've got how many employees of the FBI, 50,000 or something? Right. Um, we need a lot more, and we need public condemnation by these employees tossing their badges and saying, this is not why we went through Quantico. This is not why we dreamed of being an FBI agent to go after my neighbors, to go after my own countrymen, simply because we disagree on politics. So, uh, and look, the letters are great. We've seen a lot of letters from Chuck Grassley. We've seen letters from Chuck Grassley since 2016. Right. We saw letters from Chuck Grassley Lindsey Graham go down the list about Crossfire Hurricane, nothing happened. Charles Grassley sent letter, a letter to DOJ, Donald Trump's DOJ, seeking criminal indictments, criminal charges against uh, people who lied related to the Brett Kavanaugh confirmation hearing. That went nowhere. We can't just have letters, a few interviews, a few empty threats, and that's the end of it. 
So what we need from Republican leaders, no more letters, no more tweets. We need a detailed plan, both Republican senators and House members, what they're going to do, starting with public hearings across the country, not just Washington, D.C., hold public hearings with these officials. Let the American people, especially the ones who have been subjected by torment, this FBI in their January 6th investigation, let them tell the American people what this agency has been doing to American families for almost two, uh, two years um, and expose what happened in the Whitmer Fed napping hoax. Explain how they tried to cover up Hunter Biden's laptop and his overseas business dealings. I mean, there's a treasure trove, not I wouldn't call it a treasure, but a trove of scandals that uh, is decimating this agency and American people need to hear it. And then Republicans need to figure out either disband this FBI, dramatically reform it, which includes cutting off a lot of funding uh, and start from there. Julie, I've got to get your reaction to a couple of things. And one of them is uh, Mike Pence, uh, the former vice president, (laughs) saying that, uh, first of all, that uh, people should not be uh, attacking, as he put it, the, the FBI and the Department of Justice, that these people protect us and so forth. Uh, and they should be very cognizant of the consequences of their criticisms. And, and I, I, I would just love to hear your reaction to Vice President Pence suddenly making these kind of comments uh, in the midst of all of this cor- just uh, a corruption beyond belief. I mean, it's just preposterous. It was an absurd statement. I read that this morning. Uh, Mike Pence is, I mean, look, he could not probably get out of the single digits in any Republican primary. He's not going to go anywhere as a presidential candidate. Uh, He made so many bad decisions in Donald Trump's White House, starting with being the head of this coronavirus task force, letting Deborah Burks and Anthony Fauci run the country for a year. Um, now saying we shouldn't criticize the FBI with all every all the scandals and all the evidence coming out, especially in the Whitmer trial. I'm sure Mike Pence couldn't tell you one thing that's happening in this case. Um, it's We do not need to be silenced by our own political leaders or people who perceive themselves as our political leaders. I do not have to do anything Mike Pence tells me to do, nor do I have to do anything that Tim Scott tells me to do which is also not to criticize the FBI. So uh, I don't know who these people think that they're winning over, but it certainly disqualifies Mike Pence from any future office, especially president. If he thinks we should just sit down and shut up while the most powerful law enforcement agency in the world is going after his own voters, uh, just just a, a totally outlandish, uh, irresponsible comment from Mike Pence. And uh to hear Mike McCall, former chairman of the House uh, uh, Homeland Security Committee, uh, Congressman McCall telling people that they should uh, tone it down, uh, that uh, we need to respect our law enforcement agencies, our uh, FBI, our Department of Justice. Well, first of all, I'm not talking about law enforcement. I'm talking about the FBI. I'm talking about the DOJ. I'm talking about this corrupt federal government. You know what? We can criticize law enforcement when they do bad things. We can criticize law enforcement, for example, when they uh, attack protesters at at the Capitol on January 6th, like they did. We can uh, 
But law enforcement is not above reproach in this country. Republican Party needs to get over its blind fealty to law enforcement. These are the same law enforcement agencies who shut down our kids' play, uh, playgrounds. I mean, they everyone has had some encounter microaggression by police related to COVID lockdowns. Yeah. When, when all of this happened and you had executives, governors issuing single-handedly these ridiculous orders to shut down businesses, shut down playgrounds, shut down our schools, what side was the police on? Not our side. Well, so, well, in that regard, there's another there is another collision that's at work, and I probably uh, should even broach this as we're wrapping up the show. But here is the issue. These police departments in particular, most of them are unionized. They that's are right. public employee unions. Most of state government is a public employee group of uh, public employee unions. They have a direct economic financial interest. Uh, as well as perhaps a political interest in uh, comforting the deep state and the Marxist Dems that they follow in the Democrat Party. We're going to have to come to terms with the reality that we've created, which is a noxious, suffocating amount of power that is vested in one side of our political system. Uh, this two-party system right now is one party. And it is the Marxist Dems. We have got to show that there is a countervailing influence uh, and wait against them on November 8th. We always give our guests the last word. Julie, your, uh, your final concluding thoughts. <laughs> well, Lou, thank you so much for having me on. Um, I would encourage people to read my work at American Greatness and Greatness.com, where I've covered on both January 6th and the Whitmer case. I'm covering the trial as it happens on Twitter, Julie underscore Kelly too. And you could buy my book on January 6th. It's available at Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And what's the title? January 6th, how <laughs> Democrats, how Democrats use the Capitol protests to launch a war of terror, war on terror against the political right. It is, it is, I think it is one of the greatest titles ever because it is definitive uh, as to the subject you cover so well. And uh, the subtitle is exactly the, exactly uh, the uh, definition of the times in which we're now living. Julie Kelly, we, we recommend, by the way, her book, her books and American Greatness to you, her columns uh, and her tweets, which we follow. We don't simply recommend them. We follow them as well. Uh, Julie, thanks for being with us and God bless you. You too. Thanks so much for having me on, Lou. Take care. Thanks, everybody, for being with us today. Tomorrow here on The Great America Show, we'll be taking up whether the midterms will be rigged elections or will they be fair. Our guests have some of the answers. Joining us is Kelly Ward, GOP chair in Arizona, and Secretary of State Kyle Arguin of the great state of Louisiana. Hope you'll join us here tomorrow for all of that and more. Till then, God bless you, and God bless America.